What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, it is now time for part seven of our nine-parter 90 from 90 spectacular. And yes, that can mean only one thing. We are getting down to the nitty gritty here of the top 70 albums of 1990. Hope you've been enjoying this entire special right here. Hope you're hanging in there with me. And let's get into album number 30. Number 30 of 1990. We're going to start off with some dudes from New York. Yes, I mean, these guys are so meat and potatoes. You got to love them. Just dudes from New York who wear baseball hats and shorts and play heavy, heavy rock. Talking about Helmet. And yes, Helmet is just definitely one of those bands that it just almost kind of defines the 90s. So, yeah, they got to be on this list. I'm going to throw this one out here to my buddy Logan, who's a big fan of Helmet. Uh, even uh, hung out with him for a little bit at one point. So maybe he'll tell that story later on Rock Strikes 10. But here you go. This one's for Logan. A little late birthday present here for you from the album Strap It On, coming in at number 30 on our top 70 of 1990. This is Bad Mood. <laughs> Yeah. 
kicking off the show here today. Coming in at number 30 on our top 70 albums of 1990. That was Helmet. The album is Strap It On. And that was Bad Mood. I am in anything but a bad mood here doing this show for you today. Nothing I'd rather do than count down these records here with you today. Recording this on a Saturday. The Saturday before Christmas. So I'm getting into the spirit. I'm finishing off this countdown. And I'm actually going to shoehorn in my annual Christmas Spectacular because I am insane, and I don't know any better. But let, let, let's get back to the countdown right here. Coming in at number 29, another band, yet another band celebrating its rookie year, in a weird way, because they had already put out an album before this, but this was their first studio album. This is a band that's so weird that their first official release was actually a live album, because it actually costs less money to record and produce a live album, that did to record a studio album. They took that money and they went in and did a proper studio album that came out in 1990. Talking about Primus. Yes. Yes, Primus sucks. Yes, they do. So, yeah, this album, Frizzle Fry, their second album, yet their first studio album, was co-produced by the band and Matt Weingar. And, uh, yeah, this is a fun record. Not as good as Season Cheese. I mean, Season Cheese is kind of going to be their best record ever, I think, always. And, uh, you know, I love pork soda and everything, but, you know, Frizzle Fry definitely showing signs of getting there. They definitely had something. I mean, we didn't know what it was, but we knew that it was interesting to our ears. That's for damn sure. Listen for a fellow Bay Area musician right here. This uh, young up-and-coming whippersnapper named Kirk Hammett on guitar on this track right here. Guesting, you know, uh, they're just trying to help a kid out here. But here you go. This is Primus from Frizzle Fry, and of course... This is John the Fisherman.
coming in at number 29 on the top 70 albums of 1990. That was Primus from the album Frizzle Fry, and that was John the Fisherman. Yes. All right. Coming in at number 28, an album that came out on March 27th of 1990, the day after Chris's birthday. That would be the day after Chris's 10th birthday, if I have that right. All right. What's up, Chris? And uh, yeah. This is by a really cool punk rock band. I guess punk rock is the best way to describe them. Just rock and roll, honestly. But they definitely have that punk mentality, that punk coolness, that kind of credibility. And, uh, you know, even like uh, dipping their toes in country whenever it suits them. Uh, But yeah, really like this band. They're always great. Social Distortion. And this was around the time I first started noticing the band as they were happening here in 1990. This is their third album, actually. It's their self-titled album, so... Bands that put out self-titled records not as their first album. It's kind of weird to me, but uh, yeah, maybe I should do a list of that at some point. Uh, But that's another conversation for another day. So to represent this Dave Jordan-produced album, this is The Story of My Life.
Story of My Life right there by Social Distortion. Not the story of my life, but I guess the story of Mike Ness's life. But yeah, there you go. You'll find that on Social Distortion's self-titled record there from 1990. Coming in at number 28 today, we move over to number 27. Yet another band in their rookie year. That's what's great about 1990. I know I said that before, but it's really neat to see all these cool, new, young, up-and-coming bands. And not just the established bands hitting here. And doing very well on this countdown. This was a band that, uh, you know, I was familiar with them. I knew about them around this time. I would see them on Headbangers Ball a lot. But at the same time, honestly, I didn't think that was a good fit for them. I think that's one of the reasons why they didn't really get over with American audiences. Uh, You know, it was the image. Like, the image put them in, like, the hard rock and metal magazines. And not just the regular rock journalists were really responding to them. I think that's kind of what hurt the band. So, kind of, that's my theory on that. And especially in a year where the Black Crows came out and got really big, you know, for Cop and the Stones and a lot of the faces, this band was doing the exact same thing. A little bit of Stones, but a lot of faces influence on here. So much so that one of the co-producers on this album, a guy named Jim Cregan, who produced this album with George Tutko, uh, actually played with Rod Stewart for a little bit there. So you can hear the influence all over this record, but man... This is a fun fucking record. It's just great quality rock and roll. And once again, in that Rod Stewart faces mold right there. But uh, yeah, I'm talking about a band in America. We call them the London Choir Boys. Over there, they're just the Choir Boys. And it's spelled Q-U-I-R-E Boys. Uh, But yeah, they put out a bit of What You Fancy, their debut album here, on January 29th in 1990, the dawn of the 90s. And like I said, I remember seeing the video for this song that I'm going to play for you. This is the single they went with. I remember seeing the video like on Headbangers Ball and not much else. Uh, so yeah, I think that really hurt the band. I think they should have been marketed more like the Black Crows. But I guess since they looked like L.A. Guns <laughs> and bands uh, from the Sunset Strip that they just weren't going to get taken seriously. But it's really sad. This is a great record. I recommend you checking out a bit of What You Fancy by the Choir Boys or the London Choir Boys, depending on where you live. Uh, it's a nice little gem of a rock album for sure. And good enough to come in here at number 27 on the top 70 of 1990. Maybe they should have been higher. Who knows? Let me know what you think. But here you go. Here's the Choir Boys slash London Choir Boys with 7 o'clock. Check it out. Get out! Oh, yeah, yeah. Come 
All right, the choir boys right there with 7 o'clock off of a bit of what you fancy. Go check out that record. That record is great. You know, especially this uh, part of the series right here, the 30 to 21. These all honestly really came in at similar points. So in any particular day, they could kind of interchange with each other on the positioning right here. So, but yeah, I love that record. Go check it out. All right, let's move over to this one right here. Coming in at number 26. Really cool band. I'm going to send this one out to the great Pete LaRussa. I know Pete's a big fan of this record. We love this record. This album, not quite sure what the release date on it is, but it definitely came out in 1990. And uh, this band had the wherewithal to, you know, basically mix heavy metal with comedy. And I think do it very well. They were very successful at it. And uh, I knew when I started this countdown, this album would definitely be on the list right here. Sorry if you think it's too low, Pete, but uh, like I said, th this, this one could have been easily 20 and not 26, but hey, here we go. Talking about Scatterbrain. Scatterbrain putting out yet another debut album here in 1990, another debut. And uh, yeah, I love this record. It could have played pretty much anything off of it. it it's just super fun. They do a fun cover of Eric My Eye, the Cheech and Chong song. It's on here. But of course, I gotta play this one. This is basically their theme song right here. So yes, get your pens or your phone and see how many of these classic rock snippets you can pull out of this one song right here. So here you go. Here's Scatterbrain with Down With The Ship, Slight Return. <laughs> Down, down. 
All right, having some fun there with Scatterbrain, a fitting name right there for a band. That was Down With The Ship, Slight Return, off of their debut album, Here Comes Trouble. I enjoyed that. How could you not enjoy that? You are not fun if you did not enjoy that. Okay, let's get over to number 25 right here. This band right here, also making their debut in 1990. And and honestly, I did not really know about the existence of this particular album so much. I did not know that they had a debut from 1990. I thought they came out like in 92 or 93 or something like that. Because I have never really actually seen a real physical copy of this debut album. I had to get hip to this one when I was doing my research for the show. So, yeah, this was a first for me. So I was, I think kind of because this was so new. Like, I just really enjoyed it. It was my first time ever hearing it top to bottom. And I want to thank, of course, once again, the great Pete LaRussa for helping me out with this one right here. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, another New York band, Biohazard. Yeah, Biohazard went pro in 1990. A very cool hardcore metal with a little bit of rap influence kind of thing. And it's just so 90s. It wasn't just like, you know, oh, we haven't really figured it out yet. They knew exactly what they were doing from day one, as far as I could tell on this record. So, yeah, their self-titled album. Uh, came out on June 30th of 1990, produced by a guy named John Burns. And uh, here's a really killer track from it I'm going to play for you right here. This is Survival of the Fittest. Turn it up. <laughs> Twenty-five, right there. That was Biohazard from their self-titled debut. That was Survival of the Fittest. Hope you enjoyed that. As a, as a suicidal fan, I, I definitely enjoy Biohazard. They definitely have that cool punk thrash hardcore 
with a little bit of rap influence crossover, you know, once again, cool band. All right. Moving over to number 24 right here, just straight up thrash, straight up metal, uh, a band that, uh, you know, definitely is still out there doing it, still putting out quality material also. Like there's not a whole lot of bands that are on this list on this particular list I have here that are still together and still putting out great music on top of that. That's your double downing right there. But yeah, Testament. Metal stalwarts right here. We love Testament. And they put out their fourth studio album on October 9th of 1990, an album that was produced by the band and Michael Rosen, an album called Souls of Black. Very important record for them. It did very well. They always did very well initially. Their albums would at least go gold. And especially for a band that didn't get any radio play and only got play on Headbangers Ball and MTV, like they did very well for themselves. And like I said, they still continue to be great to this day. So yeah, let's give it up for Testament and their absolute consistency here. And uh, I think I'm going to go with this one right here. A little obvious also, but hell, you know, it's a great song. So here you go. Here's the title track from Souls of Black.
In at number 24 right there, that was Testament with Souls of Black from the album of the same name. Hope you enjoyed that. Always good for the soul to put a little black in it. All right. Number 23 right here. Around this time, I feel like this act was definitely being taken for granted. The guy was always putting out material, always touring. He was the absolute man. And uh, not that this is his best album ever, but it ain't bad either, let's just say. So uh, back on May 15th of 1990, the great Ronnie James Dio put out his fifth Dio album right there called Lock Up the Wolves. And, uh, you know, especially in retrospect, I think Lock Up the Wolves is a pretty damn quality record. I remember a lot of the attention at the time was being put on his new guitar player, Rowan Robertson, who was 18 years old at the time, which is ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, went through all those tapes and uh, that was the guy. It's, it does kind of mirror the Ozzy thing, bringing in Zach Wilde, who was probably about the same age around that time. But that's still really cool. And they turned out a good record. And, you know, it seems like Dio definitely does collaborate with, you know, the people that he brings in to be in the band. I always like that about him. You can just really tell that he's very hands-on and very band-oriented when it comes to things like that. But yeah, this album, Lock of the Wolves co-produced by ronnie and tony platt like i said it's a cool record man i have no problem with this one at all i played wild one on the show recently uh, you know sometime last year or earlier this year something like that but uh yeah i figured i'd go with this one right here uh this one once again much like souls of black i'm gonna play the title track right here so here you go here is the great dio and lock up the wolves
right, Dio right there with an epic jam, Lock Up the Wolves, the title track from the album of the same name. Hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. We're up to number 22 right here. We only got two more songs for today. And then tomorrow we'll come back with numbers 20 through 11 on the top 70 of 1990 and the part 8 of 9 of the 90 from 90. I bring you Gwar. Yes, absolutely. Gwar put out their second studio album on January 8th of 1990. This is a big record for them. It's their best-selling album to date and probably for all time, especially now they put out the 30th anniversary for this, so now it's going to sell even more copies. Uh, but yeah, this was my introduction to Gwar, as probably a lot of people, I, I didn't know about them when Hello came out. Hello. But yeah, this one, it, they just seem to kind of get their buzz going, and you know, how could you not? You see the album cover, you're like, what the hell is this? And yeah, you just want to hear it. You want to hear what's on this. So I loved it from the word go. I mean, of course, it was heavy. The riffs were great. You know, like, at least I could understand what uh, Odorous was singing about. And I even loved right there at the beginning of the Salamanizer where they kind of are doing a parody of Gangsta Gangsta by NWA. I mean, it's all good. This was Joey's 11-year-old brain right here, just ready to be weird, you know. Uh, but yeah, I got to play this one right here. This one's a favorite. I believe they still play it live to this day. And I just love it. I love the kind of quiet riot-esque breakdown in the middle. And it's just good stuff. So here you go. To represent Scum Dogs of the Universe. The number 22 album of 1990. This is of course The Mighty Guar and Sick of You. <laughs>
right, Human Filth. Yes, that was Gore with Sick of You. You'll be singing that all day, much like I will be. Yes, all right. Last song of the day here, coming in at number 21 of the top 70 albums of 1990, is this band right here. I got this one in on a slight technicality. This album actually was released in 1989 in its home country, but it did not get released in America until 1990. So it was just on the brink. I think it ought to count just because I really love this album, first of all. And also, it's definitely, you know, a 90s thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's in here. I'm, you know, don't, don't send me hate mail. This might buck some people out a little bit, actually. But, you know, I love this band. Not just on the principle of you cannot define it by genre. But this is one of those bands that is truly all over the place. They know no boundaries. And, uh, you know, ever since I've heard this one song, and I'm going to play you this song. This is the one song you might know by them. This was the single. And ever since I heard this song, I'm just like, man, this is a cool band. I need to check them out. And, uh, you know, especially if you're a fan of bands like Fishbone and stuff like that, where they kind of go into the different genres, or if you go as far back as Bad Brains, that cool, like, you know, let's all be in it together, racial harmony and all that good stuff. Uh, so yeah, this band right here, Urban Dance Squad, they put out their debut album in 1990 in America called Mental Floss for the Globe. And like I said, especially if you're a fan of Fishbone, you should check these guys out. It's very similar, very similar vibe. It could be very mellow and reggae, ska-fied kind of thing. And then it goes into a metal thing. And then, you know, it goes into a little hip hop uh, and then a little jazz. And then it goes back into the rock and the heavy rock and punk. And it's just great. So you should check this out. Give this album a chance, especially if you've only heard the one song by them. It's it's a cool, all-over-the-place kind of record. Kind of reminds me of uh, when Sugar Ray used to be cool on that first album before they sold out. But anyway, I digress. Coming in at number 21 with the album Mental Floss for the Globe. Closing off the show here today as well in fine fashion to send you on your way in a good mood. This is the Urban Dance Squad with Deeper Shade of Soul.
closing off the show here today. That was Urban Dance Squad with Deeper Shade of Soul from the album Mental Floss for the Globe. That one goes out to long-time friend of the show, who I should be name-checking more on the show and I should be interacting with more. The great Tino Fella, former guest of the show as well. What's up, Tino? Representing the Netherlands with you and with the Urban Dance Squad. We are all in this together. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoyed the songs. Hope you go check out some of these records that I played here, especially on this particular episode. These are records worth checking out top to bottom. I'm pretty much in that realm at this point. So yeah, it's all fun. It's all good. Yeah. So join me on the next one, will you? We're going to do the top 20 albums, actually numbers 20 through 11 tomorrow. And then we'll be back the day after that with the top 10 albums of 1990. I know you can't wait because I can't wait. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is C njradio.com You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal, and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.